Welcome to the Financial Liberty Podcast. Until you wake up from the American dream, financial uncertainty will be your American reality. Join Sam Legaspi and Ko Sukamoto and their guest as they explore how you can attain financial liberty by uncovering truths that have been kept secret for decades. Have you ever played a game and didn't know the rules? How can you ever win? Learn the rules to the game and in turn, learn how to win. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to the Financial Liberty Project with Sam Legaspi and Ko Sukamoto. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? We're yeah. wonderful. Wonderful. Fantastic. Awesome. I know that we are going through the seven rules of financial liberty. And if I'm not mistaken, you've covered one through four. Is that correct? One through four. Yes. All right. So do you want to do a quick review of what those were, or are we going to just jump into number five right away? No, we're actually going to talk about a little synopsis on, or a summary on the first four. And uh, you know, the first one that we, uh, we discussed was the rule of 72, understanding the rule of 72. It's really important. And uh, number two, with regards to the seven rules of financial liberty, was big front door, small back door. And number three was inspiration creates action. Number four is transfer your money, transform your money habits. And today, because we're going to be talking about number five and number six. So number five is actually a, a very important one because it leads into really even, I, it was really difficult to try to figure out whether or not this should be number one. But, you know, for a reason, we thought number one should be the rule of 72. But for another reason, this could very well be number one, even though it's number five, right? It is replace and or exceed your earned income sooner than later. And even though that's the title of number five, the substance behind this particular rule is very, very, very important. And, uh, you know, a lot of times, Coe's, we run into a lot of people in doing this and in our speaking and our conventions and just one-on-ones. What happens is that we end up uh, speaking to individuals that we, we ask them, so, you know, what is it you need to know or what, what, what amount of money do you need to retire? I mean, if let's say you were to lose your job today, what amount of income do you need today and for the rest of your life? And most of the time, the answer is what? I don't know. I never even thought about it. So I just actually talking to someone today, this afternoon about that very subject. And he had called me over the weekend and he was, you know, describing to me all the things that he's trying to do to, um, you know, take some money that he's got invested. And he's trying, he's basically trying to become a stock trader, you know, like a day trader and he's studying companies and he's trying to, you know, turn a profit investing in these stocks. And, uh, you know, I listened to him for a while, but I, I asked him the same thing you just now said, Sam, which is, well, what's your goal? I mean, like, what are you trying to replace? What's, you know, are you, tra- are you trying to create something that will provide the income that you need for the rest of your life? And he went silent. He didn't even know what I was talking about. And, and after we talked a little bit far- further, he said, I get what you're talking about. You know, it's great to make money in the stock market. But the thing is, what's my goal? What is it that I'm trying to accomplish? And I think what we're saying that pe- most people need to accomplish is trying to figure out, okay, so do we want to work until we're, you know the day that we die, or do we want to have um, some point in our life where we we've done the right things so that we don't have to work anymore, and the uh, the nest egg that we've built over the years um, is sizable enough to uh, you know spin off interest or some gains in, from the from the market to uh, provide our living expenses. Right, right, and and you know a lot of times because we'll run into people. 
And this, I think, probably you know varies, but it's probably the majority of the population out there that a lot of people are really working for that check because they have to. You know, they're going to work and they're waking up at six in the morning, seven in the morning. They're making that thirty-minute, forty-five-minute, one-hour commute because they have to go to work. It's not because they want to go to work. And we want to get it to a point where we're going to work and because we want to, because you know, it's it's we're taken care of, and and there's not any reasons for us to have to go to work. Right. I mean, you know, another way to look at it, I think, is not that we're all track stars, but um, probably most of us at some point in our life, probably high school, ran track. We had to go cross country, and our lungs hated it. But can you imagine being a runner, a marathon runner, Sam? And uh, you know, you, you you show up at the race, and you know, you don't know if it's a two k or twenty five k or whatever k. They, they won't tell you. <laughs> you're right, right. You're going to run until they tell you that the race is over. And, and how, how are you going to know if you're going to be able to last that long or if, you're, you know, if it's too short of a race for you? Can you imagine just doing that? I mean, it, you've got to have an end goal in mind. And uh, that's true for a lot of things, whether it's a basketball game, um, a marathon, or uh, you know, saving for retirement. Uh, you've got to have some end point that you're trying to get to. You know, professional golfers, a lot of times what they'll do is um, they'll look at a tournament and in this tournament, they will, they will try to predict what the winning score is going to be. And so let's just say it's Sunday and uh, the tournament's about to start and they see that the leaders are all at 10 under and they think that based on how the course is set up, that the winning score is going to be 15 under. So they got to shoot five under if they're 10 over uh, or 10 under. And so what happens is that they, they try to figure out and they try to predict what the winning score is. So ultimately what they're doing is they're knowing their number that they need to shoot. And right. so it, it, it actually happens for a lot of other types of, of things that we do in, in industry is, is that we want to know what that particular number is. So if we're going to drive to Las Vegas from where we're currently at, we automatically know that it's going to be anywhere between four to four and a half hour drive. And maybe just a one-hour flight. We just automatically know that, so we can, you know, by by understanding and knowing that, we can make plans around it. So it would really be, you know, it'd be disappointing or it'd suck if if someone said to you, "Hey, Coz, how long is it going to take to uh, to do something for me? Whatever it is, whether it's a build my patio or whatever." And the guy, and then and then you respond, uh, or you ask that person. The person responds to you and says, "I don't know." Well, if he doesn't know the answer to how long it's going to take then you can't plan around it. It's madness. It's madness. But that's how most people will, you know, go through 30, 40 years of working and they're just kind of aimlessly wandering through life. So an individual, another individual I'd spoken to yesterday had, you know, about 40 years of, um, of work history for a single company. And this person is now having to face, uh, you know, forced departure from the company that um, he's worked for, 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 for 40 years and uh, he had no idea whether he was prepared or not. Can you imagine working for 40 years and not knowing if you're okay? And, you know, you're not 20 years old anymore. You are now 60. And fortunately, that individual in five minutes with me on the phone figured out that he had saved enough money and he had enough in pension that he just miraculously and by luck ended up having enough money to retire. But most cases, that's not what happened. It's the complete opposite. Where they find out I'm too old to do anything about it, but I'm going to be broke. Right, right, right. So number five goes when it comes to the seven rules of financial liberty: replace and/or exceed your earned income sooner than later. 
is simply if you're making $50,000 now, okay, let's just say you're in your mid-20s, you're making $50,000, and you have discovered that $50,000 provides you with uh, maximizing your 401k plan, it provides for your expenses, and it provides basically for your for your for all your living necessities. And uh, you, you figure that if you lost your job, you would need $50,000 a year income to continue your lifestyle. Well, it would be wonderful, wouldn't it, Coz, if uh, you know, over the course of the next 10 or 15 or 20 years that uh, you amassed a small fortune or you amassed an investment portfolio that was able to distribute an income to you of $50,000 a year. So uh, what you're basically doing is replacing your earned income with passive income. And you hear it a lot of times. I mean, a lot of the real estate people talk about it. A lot of the stock people, they talk about it. But it really makes a lot of sense. I mean, how many of us, if we knew this principle back when we were much younger, would apply this and say, huh, that does make a lot of sense. If I'm making $50,000 a year right now, and in 20 some odd years, uh, I've amassed a portfolio of investments that spits out dividends to the tune of $50,000 a year. I can actually quit my job right now. But you would have to know how large that, that amount needs to be right. by the time you retire. And we call that what? Knowing your number, right? Know your number. So ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. that's the phrase here that you need to walk away with is know your number. Right. Everyone has a number. You need to know what it is. You know, we have kids and trying to you know, get my daughter to understand that at some point she's going to start working, she's going to graduate college, and she's going to have to know what her number is. And so if she is uh, seven, she's 17 right now, you know, you, you listeners are probably a little bit older, but you all have to figure out what is your number. So let's just give, take the, the example Sam was giving. You're making $50,000 a year. If I do the quick math and say, okay, let's just say you can make a uh, let's say arbitrarily 6% during retirement, which is kind of a high number, but let's just say you can do that, then you probably need about $800,000 in retirement in order to provide, in order to produce that $50,000 a year of income passively without you having to go out the door and every morning go to work. And so you've got to figure out what is your number. And the $50,000 a year example, the number you need to know is $800,000. But if you make more or less than that, and that's what you're trying to replace, Obviously, your number is going to be more or higher, or more or less as well. More or higher, <laughs> yeah. But it's it's like this, right? So a lot of times we do run into individuals, and they'll say that, hey, you know, I, I I don't have millions, and that's the that's the the notion in society that you that they they grow up and I want to have to have millions. I want ten million, fifteen million, twenty million. And uh, some individuals, they, they want to be, you know, they want to have 100 million. And that's perfectly fine. Dream big. If you possibly can and you can go ahead and achieve it, wonderful. But the reality is, is that if you can actually figure out what it is you need on a yearly basis and uh, you'll be able to figure out and just do some reverse engineering, you'll be able to figure out what type of uh, amount of assets you need at the very end that can generate that particular amount of income. So we spoke to this one individual and, uh, you know, they had about $700,000 and they were saying that they needed about $60,000 a year to live off of because running a, a, a plan for them, we figured out, you know, based on what they had and, and their lifestyle that 60000 was more than enough for them to achieve their, the lifestyle of their dreams. And that did not include Social Security, by the way. So what ended up happening is that they, they realized that $700,000, that um, if they were... If, if they amassed another $300,000, which made it a million, a million at 6% got them at $60,000. So they were figuring, you know what? We're only 300000 away. This group of individuals 
they just truly had no idea. They were they were struck in amazement that they were pretty much that close. They still had a few years to to retire, actually several years to retire, but they were they were just overjoyed to understand that that uh, that you know as far as the 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 race was concerned, they were pretty much close to finishing the race. They were only three hundred thousand away from a million at six percent, which was sixty thousand dollars. Now, let's just assume, Coase, that they they had to leave uh, their their company and they needed to retire. They were forced for some reason or another, and that seven hundred thousand dollars is all they had, but they needed sixty thousand dollars a year to live off of. Well, that's close to what almost ten percent. And 10%, ladies and gentlemen, is a number which, uh, historically speaking, doesn't necessarily work out very well in the long term. You end up uh, potentially losing and, and actually outliving your money, which is not the goal for anybody. You know? So it's, it's really understanding what your number is. And for you know, Melissa, it could be 15000 For Caitlin, it could be 10000 For Brooke, it could be 5000 a month to live off of, but you got to understand what those numbers are. And it's just a really simple reverse calculation to figure out how much money you need to amass and at what percentage you'll be able to go ahead and, and, and generate from that, from that amount of money to generate the income that you need. So uh, know your numbers, really important, right, Coase? Right. And just one last uh, comment on that is um, if you go back to, was it rule number one about the rule of 72? If you can apply the rule 72 to your number, and uh, we're not going to explain how to do that, but uh, that's, those, those two actually go hand in hand because with the rule of 72, you can re- kind of like work backwards in time and figure out, okay, how much do you need to you know, save at a, at a much younger age so that that rule will allow that amount that you save as a youngster or as a relatively young adult, how, how many times that amount can double so that by the time you reach your retirement age, let's say it's 65, you would have reached your number. So it's number of times money can double during your life by the time you retire. And, uh, and that's the relationship between the rule of 72 and knowing your number. And so you, you, know, you can always give us a call and, um, and discuss you know, more details. Uh, it's, it's always obviously kind of hard to do a math equation over the air. So. Right, right. And again, the reason why number five could have easily been number one is that a lot of times most people don't know their number. You know, so it's really important. So just to go ahead and finish off, you know, again, it's called number five, replace and or exceed your earned income sooner rather than later. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that if you can and you know your number sooner, let's say you know it today, and you can amass the amount of money as far as an investment portfolio is concerned, that can create a dividend that can match the number that's in your mind, then you can be in a position where you're just going to work because you want to, not because you have to. That's really important. Love it. So, you know, let's move on to number six, Coz. Yeah. Yeah, you know, number six is actually a very important one. You know what, Coz? I mean, the reality is, is that a lot of this could be interchangeable with number one. So, it should be seven number ones <laughs> is really what it should yes, be. Yes, they're all important. They're all they? very <laughs> important. They're in not in any specific order, but yeah, they're all very important. So number six is, and it's really, it's really near and dear to our heart uh, because uh, you know we see that the majority of the population out there don't necessarily uh, take advantage of this. And it's really go from forever tax to never tax. Which one you like better? Oh my gosh. I, 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 you know, is that a trick question? I mean, <laughs> well, you know, it's, there's a lot of different answers. There's a lot of different people. Mm. I, I would imagine there are a few people that says, I, I just want to be taxed to my heart's content. 
Yeah, absolutely. That that fool in that um, <laughs> that red, white, and blue outfit with a white beard pointing right at you. He ain't your uncle, boys. He ain't your uncle, girls. That dude is some dude. He's pointing at you. You ever see the look on his face? He's mad, man. I mean, he's not <laughs> smiling in any way. He's pointing at you, and he's like going, I want your money. And so if we can avoid that guy, otherwise known as Uncle Sam, if we can avoid that guy as much as possible legally, uh, we're going to be in a much better situation. And there's laws that have been put in place over the past several years that people just don't take advantage of, right? Oh, way too often. So that's why we're talking about it today. So what, what do we got for that rule, Sam? Well, okay. So, you know, with trillions of dollars amassed in retirement assets throughout the U.S., right, and varying retirement accounts, I mean, there's over, what, $8 trillion in, in, in retirement in, assets. In retirement assets. If you think about it, you know, it's a, it, it, we all think of it as a gift from the government to go ahead and bury assets. I mean, if we put money in a 401k plan, we have a tax benefit by doing so. So, and what we mean by that is that if we make $100,000 a year and we put aside $10,000 in a 401k plan, then our reportable income or what we pay income tax on is $90,000, not the entire hundred because the, the IRS and, or the government allows us to put $10,000 away in a 401k plan and, you know, and, and we kind of get a, a free pass on that. But what they do, and that's a great thing, by the way, that's awesome. But what is going on behind the scenes is that uh, you, know, you, you have 330 million people in the United States, of which probably, let's just say about 30%, 40% of them are working. You know, they, they are putting money into a 401k plan or a retirement plan of some sort, and they're getting these tax benefits. And these assets are growing and growing and growing throughout the years. And remember something here, Coase, and, and you guys out there, is that the government knows the rule of 72 just as well as you guys know it too. They understand it. They know the principles. They understand how money doubles. So they want you to put as much money as you can in your retirement plan because at a particular time in life, they're going to be saying, hey, they're going to be knocking on your door. And that dude in the red, white, and blue outfit with a mean face and the white beard is going to be knocking on your door saying, he wants your money. He wants the taxes that, 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 that come along with amassing that small fortune. Right. He's sitting there happy for 40 years while you work and put money away in your 401ks and your IRAs because he knows that you're growing his big fat pig for him. He's just willing to wait 40 years. So by that time, you're 70 and a half in age and Uncle Sam knocks on your door and says, now it's my time. So that million dollar nest egg you have in retirement, a big part of that actually belongs to me. And by law, you're required to give it to me every year, a certain percentage that goes up. And so that's the, strat that's the uh, always tax strategy. So yes, you enjoy the, the deductions while you're working, the deductions off your income, that is. But when you're in retirement, you reach the age of 70 and a half, then it's Uncle Sam's time and he legally has rights to your retirement nest egg. And it's not a small chunk. It's a pretty significant chunk. Oh my gosh. I mean, think about it. It's so, so if you amassed a small fortune and you've got maybe a million dollars at the time of retirement at 62, 65 years old, and you needed that $60,000 a year. Well, if you're in your, if you're in a, you know, a pretty significant tax bracket, you and your wife, you're making 60,000 a year, you, you pay anywhere between, you know, 20, 25% in taxes. What ends up happening is that you, you got that 60s now dwindled to about what, 40, 48, you know, $45,000. Well, that extra $15,000 could have easily been uh, saved had you just applied some, some, uh, some tax-free rules. And there's a guy 
He's now gone, but his name's Senator William Roth, and he left us all Americans a legacy, and he fought for what's called the Roth. So that's that was a response from a good guy to provide an alternative to what we just described, which we like to call the always tax strategy. Roth, Senator Roth came up with uh, something that we like to call the never tax strategy. Go ahead. And that's the never tax strategy, which we prefer. Now, obviously, nothing's free uh, in life. And so there is a one-time uh, event where you do pay taxes on the money up front. But once that's done, whatever it grows to is always tax-free. And that's what, uh, that's what we prefer. So that's called the never tax strategy. And that's the alternative that Senator Roth, about 20-something years ago, brought to us, but most people don't know about it. And, and because of that, most people will default to the always tax strategy. I would say about 95% of the population does that. So and that, that's why we're talking about it today, Sam, is because y'all, all you listeners need to know that there's this alternative and it's called the Roth strategy, the never tax strategy. Yeah. And, you know, I like to liken it to, uh, to an analogy. You know, there, there was a, a coach by the name of Bill Walsh. He coached the San Francisco 49ers. And uh, he started the, uh, a, a, a movement that probably every single uh, professional football team utilizes today. And um, it's called scripting, uh, scripting the first few plays of every game. And interestingly enough, Bill Walsh decided to script a play where the plays were premeditated, they were created before the actual game, and they were going to run these plays. And they had options and audibles for each play. But what Bill Walsh, the reason for him doing these particular plays is that it wasn't a strategic genius that he had that he utilized it. He didn't like just sit back in his room and say, let me figure out how I can be, how I can use my genius mindset to throw the other team off he scripted plays because he got very nervous before every game and because he got very nervous before every game he realized that emotions really got into uh his his being and he would he would call plays that weren't necessarily called for so he ended up scripting plays and so uh, every single pro uh, professional nfl team utilizes that particular strategy today well, how I look at it is this, is that Senator William Roth left a legacy. And if you can compare him to, to a Bill Walsh, if we only utilized the legacy of the Roth IRA, the Roth 401k, to our advantage, he's going to change the lives of so many Americans for generations to come. Because in the end, here's the key, right, Coz, is that we ask people left and right in our workshops is... What is your largest expense? We'll be in a group of in front of 200, 300, you know, sometimes 10. And we'll ask them this question. The question again is, how, what is your largest expense that you will ever, ever spend, you know, uh, uh, have in your entire life? And a lot of times, goes, they start saying what? My wife or my husband or my kids, ex, my kids. Mortgage. Health. health uh, yeah. Yeah, so they'll but, say a variety of things, right? Right. But they don't realize their largest expense uh, is... Taxes. Taxes. Not taxes, but taxes. Taxes, taxes. And uh, it's, it's an amazing, because we've, we've asked that question probably to, you know, I don't know, 50,000 people. And, and uh, well, we may have had two people. And only because they came to a workshop before. before. <laughs> but almost, yeah, literally no one 
ever thinks that taxes are their greatest expenses and or expense in life. Yeah, we're and that's that's really interesting psychologically speaking because I think the system, which is the family, the government, the schools, have us all trained to think that paying taxes is just it's part. It's like breathing. It's part of what we do. And so it's, we're not trying to think that it's actually depleting our resources, um, financially speaking, for our future and our family. But uh, again, Senator Roth provided this alternative, which we like to call the never tax strategy. And, and, and that's something that for all you listeners to really seriously consider going through an exercise to decide or decide for yourself whether that makes sense for you and your family. And you know what? The strategy is more complex than just listening to us saying, oh, all right, just uh, put money inside a Roth 401k or a Roth IRA. There is a lot that goes to it. Uh, of course, it starts out with contributing to a Roth type of vehicle. But for the most part, if you already have a tax time bomb in the form of a 401k and it's worth $500,000, there is a strategy to deplete that 401k and move the assets on over to a Roth version of it so that that money can grow tax-free or tax-deferred while it's actually tax-free. And then when you decide to take that money out, that money will remain tax-free. So um, so if your asset grows, in, let's say, hypothetically to a million dollars, that million dollars belongs 100% to you. None of it goes to the government. Whereas the, um, the always tax strategy, uh, when you turn 70 and a half or whenever you take money out, it's going to, um, it's going to get taxed. A big part of it's going to go to the government. So you have a choice there. And right. the benefit of not ever having to be taxed again is that uh, you don't have to declare that income on your, on your taxes. So it, it, it helps you be able to take Social Security tax-free as well because Social Security is designed to be taxed if you um, have too much taxable income. So if you can keep that low, uh, Roth helps you do that. And then you, may, you, have, you have a better chance of taking Social Security without giving up any piece of that to the government as well. Right. Right, right. So that's it for uh, number six, which again should be the sixth number one of the seven rules of financial liberty. So we're going to go into uh, number seven here. And um, this is also very important. Uh, it's probably pretty much it uh, tallies everything up and it concludes everything because uh, this is, an, in, in our opinion, uh, one of the most significant uh, tie-ups with regards to what it is that we talk about. And uh, the first, I, I, before talking about it, before mentioning the title of number seven, I just want to say, if, if, if you can just imagine, imagine playing football, okay? Imagine playing any type of sport, whether it's soccer, hockey, basketball, baseball, and you don't know the rules. You just don't know the rules and how to play it. How, how would you know that for every 10 yards in football, that every 10 yards cross equates to a new set of four downs or, or that the puck, the hockey puck actually has to cross the goal line before the buzzer sounds in order for it to count. How, how about if you didn't know that? How about if you didn't know that, that the difference between two points and three points is a, a, a line on the outside of an arc in basketball, that if you shot the ball uh, outside that arc, it would equate to three points, but six inches closer would equate to two points. If you didn't know these things, how would you be able to strategize or even win the game? So tying it all up, number seven is learn the rules of the game. And it's really important because, you know, ladies and gentlemen, we are all playing a game. We wake up in the morning and for some of us, we do the same thing every single day, just a different day. But for the most part, it's a game that we play. 
And the game is something that if you don't know the rules, just like anything else, uh, you'll find yourself just playing the board game Monopoly forever without ever having a conclusion or, to it. Or worse, you'll be losing. I mean, you're going to feel a lot of grief and pain because you know it's just like any other game. If you play without understanding the rules, you're going to get hurt. Right. And it's, it's just that in this game of life, the hurt is, is measured in hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not more. So how, how happy are you going to be, you know, realizing one day you're too old to do anything about it and um, you're not going to be able to uh, you know, afford the best health care or you, you're not going to be able to live where you want or your family's going to have to do something with you that you're not necessarily going to agree with, but you're not going to have a choice. No, you're not going to have a choice. And, and that's part of the seven rules is that the six rules prior to number seven are part of the rules of the game is that understanding the rule of 72 is part of the rule of the game. Uh, understanding that inspiration creates action is a rule of the game. Understanding that going from forever tax to never tax is a rule of the game. Understanding knowing your number is a rule to the game. In other words, you know, we come across some people and we like to utilize examples of our relationships with individuals and our experiences. But so many times when it comes to an individual who is about to leave a company, for instance, and, uh, you know, they, they, uh, they're 56 years old and they leave a company and they have, uh, they've amassed a small fortune in a 401k plan. And uh, what, what happens is that they end up rolling over that money into an IRA at the age of 56 and uh, remind you they terminated employment uh, past the age of 55. What, what they don't know is that had they left that 401k plan at their employer, and uh, this, we come across this a lot of times, Coach, is that what they don't know is that when they, 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 uh, they leave their employer at the age of 56 or they terminate employment at the age of 56, they can actually leave their money in their 401k plan, take distributions from their 401k plan, and not be assessed the 10% penalty that they normally would be assessed. However, in a situation that I just mentioned to you, if you're 56 years old and you rolled your money and transferred your money over into an IRA at a bank or at a brokerage firm, and you needed money and, and you needed to take distributions from that account, you would be taxed, not only taxed, but you would be assessed that 10% penalty. So this is a small rule that not necessarily everybody knows about, and we're not expected to necessarily know about the rule. So you know, the whole thing of the matter is, is that we, we, we're in a position where in society, uh, there's so many rules. And what we wanted to do with the seven rules of financial liberty is to provide you with what we feel are the six very most, I can't say most, 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 most important rules, but in our opinion, very important rules for you to get started in the right direction. That's right. I mean, that's a great recipe. Uh, just have your seven ingredients listed on a sheet of paper. And, um, and, and get to know them. I mean, fall, fall in love with them. I mean, I love the Rule 72. I just love it. My daughter and I, when we're driving places like to her golf tournaments, she will go in and start explaining the Rule 72 because she wants to really master that and understand how to apply it. So you get that, and then you understand knowing your number. You know, she understands that she has a good shot at possibly retiring at the, you know, in her mid-30s and, and spending the rest of her life pursuing what she likes to do, which could be, you know, it could be philanthropy or it could just be continuing to work another 20 years if she wants, but not because she has to. She loves golf and I'm sure she's going to love a lot of other things to do in life. And so how would one, how wonderful would it be to be in your mid thirties or mid forties or whatever it ages to, to have all the freedom to, um, to pursue the, the activities in life that really make you happy. It's completely possible, but you got to start early and you got to know these uh, these rules that we've covered. That sounds Absolutely. good to me. Yeah, I like that. 
Hey guys, thank you so much for your time today. Any closing thoughts? No, that's it. All right. And thank you all for listening to the Financial Liberty Project podcast with Sam Legaspi and Ko Sukamoto. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Sam and Coast come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at the Financial Liberty Project, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. It's that time again where the call of the open road makes its way. We hope good fortune finds you on your own personal road. And until next time, we thank you for listening to the Financial Liberty Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available.